Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. We are back yet again. Another week, another music business podcast episode. Jordan, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm great. Who we got on today, man? We got Paige O'Donnell today, man. A friend of both Sam and I. She's the day-to-day manager for Charlemagne the God, who I'm sure you guys are aware of. She brings some really great experience in the field of just managing personalities and the responsibilities that she had. And just as interesting in in figuring out what makes a, a personality successful, she also talked about how she got to that point. And I think that's equally as interesting. She got to work for P. Diddy, got to be on a bus with him for six months straight. I'm sure that was a, a super intense experience. Um, she got it lightly. Yeah, exactly. Um, she talks about that. She talks about the work ethic that she got from him. She's one of the only people I know that, and you'll hear this in the podcast, tries to finish her email before she goes to bed every night, no matter how many emails she has. So it's just all about productivity and efficiency with her at this point. And it's super great hearing from her and her stories from, from the breakfast club. For sure. And I mean, when you look at these like major personalities, I mean, their success is built on top of a foundation and that foundation is their team. Um, and I think Paige plays an integral role. I think like Charlemagne is, is honestly one of my favorite like media personalities in hip hop. Um, and I think, I mean, he's been making some serious moves, books, shows. Um, Paige and, and Charlemagne are super close. Paige is, seemingly the glue to progress in a lot of that stuff. And I mean, she's yeah. super on top of it. She's yep. uh, super uh, diligent, just on top of her game. So I think to, to get a look into that, to see how she kind of broke into the industry, um, all this stuff was super fun to talk about. Plus we got some, some fun stories, right? So right. I guess without any further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy. Paige, what's up? Thank you for coming out today. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. First podcast. I feel so honored. A yep. scared. Yep. Yeah, no, don't a little be scared. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> we won't bite. So we do want to start just to uh, keep it broad and understand. I, I know you've uh, had a lot of really cool opportunities throughout your life, but if you could just talk us a little bit about what you're working on now and, I mean, even go so far to talk a little bit about what your day-to-day looks like. Um, okay, so what I do day to day, technically, I'm like the operations manager for Charlemagne the God World LLC. Um, see the God World LLC. I do day to day management logistical stuff for Charlemagne the God. He's a radio personality here in New York. Um, we EP a lot of shows, pitch and write a lot of shows. So there's a lot of pitch meetings that I get to go into, learn a lot from. Um, anytime someone asks me how to describe my job, I never know how to describe it but that's like pretty much in a nutshell like I'm day-to-day I kind of just wear all the hats like from getting coffee to taking all of his conference calls to doing his day-to-day schedule to watching his kids yeah I, I do it so all. watching his kids that's I don't legit. watch his kids anymore, but I used oh. to. What happened? I used to. What did you do? Uh, yeah. uh, no, we're at a, just at a pace now that like, especially with his life and his wife's schedule and his schedule that he needs, um, he needs help at home. So they have a nanny. Um, mm-hmm. And if need be, I will watch the kids right, right, right. if it's needed. Um, but I used to babysit his eldest daughter and read to her and all this stuff. So nice. they're family. Yeah, they're family. I was at his wedding. I was there when his second daughter was born. You were there um, when his second daughter was born? Yeah, actually. His second daughter was born 
in the middle of shooting Uncommon Sense, his MTV2 show. And he called me one day, and it wasn't when I was living in the city yet. I was working remotely for him for a while. Where were um, you living at? I was living with my sister in South Jersey, who was pregnant at the time, and I just so kind of took advantage. Bunch of pregnant people, yeah, all <laughs> right, pregnant, sister, best birth control in the world, by the way. Hanging out with <laughs> lots of pregnant people, it was it was a long summer for me. Um, but yeah, I was living with my sister. I was kind of in between my leases, so I took the opportunity to go home and like kind of just spend that time with her and help her out as much as I could and work from home because I was able to do it in that capacity at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, if I worked from home, it'd be disastrous. But um, I wasn't quite day-to-day yet. And Charlamagne called me at like 9 a.m. And he was like, how fast can you get to Jersey? Uh, you know, my wife's having the baby. and like, Where I'm not in Jersey there. was he compared to you? So how he was far? in Manhattan. He was in Manhattan. His family lived in North Jersey at the time, like just yeah. outside the city. And yeah. yeah, he called me. He's like, I'm at work. We can't stop the show because that's tons of money in production. But like they're going to schedule a C-section, something, you know, or something came up with health issues. And so I drove faster than I've ever driven to North Jersey and that's, was there for the ride though, and man. buying all the mommy things that weren't ready in the house yet and taking Dang, his daughter with me. So yeah, there have been some adventures, but it's always super rewarding, especially when they feel like family. Right. Um, it was cool to right. be there that day. Yeah, I saw you were also on vacation with Charlemagne. Yeah, we go on vacation all together every year. Um, some friends, mostly family, but um, we just kind of – it's always a good way to start the year off because we go over New Year's. And it's just like a nice way to culminate the year and then start another. And, you know, we go swinging together. So it's that's always fun. And plus, we always usually go somewhere warm, which doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think um, I think um, I texted you around then because it was like maybe 12 degrees in New York the yep. week that you were out of town. Yeah. And you, on Instagram, you were like on the <laughs> beach. And I was like, damn. <laughs> so I was like, man. I was such a jerk on social media because... It, I, we actually got stuck in Grenada this year. We usually go to Anguilla every year. We got year. stuck in Grenada. Yeah, not a bad, oh, no. not a bad place. I was, stuck. I was stuck. I didn't want to leave. I just... yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was torturous. Really, yeah. um, really unfair. But yeah, no, we got stuck in Grenada this year. Usually we go to Anguilla, but unfortunately with the hurricane right. this year, Anguilla was pretty much wiped out. So we went to Grenada this year. Our good friend Amanda Seals is from there, and she showed us around a bunch. She had her uncle take us around on a bus and give us a tour. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, the last day we were supposed to, the day before we were supposed to fly out, we got a bunch of texts on the beach at like 3 p.m. Like everyone's flights were canceled and we're like, what's going on in New York? None of us have been on our phones. Oh, and blizzard. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was I a massive was. blizzard, yeah. which gratefully I missed. I'm sorry for those of you who were trudging yeah. in it. But it was yeah. my birthday too. My birthday is New Year's Eve. No. So, Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool, but it is always cold. It is always It's cold. always a lot of pressure though too, right? Because I feel like New Year's always has kind of an unsurmountable pressure of like you gotta make it crazy and like end your year right, right. and then it's your birthday too so right, right. that's hard exactly exactly I mean I'm you know I've, I've gotten used to trying to do stuff the day before because if I have <laughs> okay. like a birthday party on my birthday all my friends like start feeling guilty and anxious if they can't come because yeah. also you know New Year's Eve so yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah that sounds dope yeah so, so one question as far as like uh, I mean for starters, how big is like Charlemagne's personal team? Obviously, he works with a lot of different entities, mm-hmm. right. but when it comes to like his team that works across all those entities, it's you, him. It's just us and his yeah. business manager. Right. Um, yeah, so it's just it's three people. Just three of us. So me, him, wow. and and also Wax, our day to day security, got to get no. Wax's credit. Uh, Wax <laughs> yeah. is in every room with me as well. I spend a little bit too much time with Wax because a lot of times some meetings will happen that like I don't necessarily need to be in, or too many bodies in one room mm-hmm. can be distracting, etc. So I sit in all the lobbies with Wax. I know where all the bodies are buried. Like mm-hmm. we're just way too close. The other day he was like 
you didn't get your period yet. And I was like, that's <laughs> yeah, damn right. Spend, and Charlie <laughs> walks out and he's like, y'all spend way too much time. <laughs> that's and crazy. Like, that's too much. But yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just me and him day to day with Charlemagne. And then his business manager, Karen Kenny, um, who's great, represents a lot of talent. Uh, she's the shark and she deals that's with awesome. a lot of across the desk type of stuff. Um, for her end. Yeah. So because the team is so small, like how much, do you get to focus on actual helping poke holes in strategy, come up with different plans? Obviously, there's always a bunch of different things moving. And- yeah. Um, a lot. Uh, I feel like we're always, it's always like a consistent conversation with any content we're putting out or any mm. projects we're working on or even the interview we had that day. Like, I always love to refer to them as car conferences because like a lot of times during my day, that's the only time I actually have to talk to Charlemagne is like when we're in the car from going from mm-hmm. place A to place B. And mm-hmm. that's why it's always so funny when people call me and are like, oh, did you get like this answer from this? I was like, honestly, if it wasn't on the top five things that we had time to go over in the car today, like we'll have to get to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But because wow. we're moving all the time, I think people underestimate how much this man does. Mm-hmm. And like he is pulled into a thousand directions all the time, right. every day. And he's just so gracious about it and awesome with his energy. Like, he always is very intentional with his energy. And it's like a switch flips. Like, he walks into a room. He loves people. He loves conversation. And he's just great at what he does. So right. in that aspect, it's really cool to see all of that every day and be around it all the time. It's a great energy to have in, like, my workplace and my boss. Like, I feel so grateful. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a lot sometimes. It's I do think it, we have an advantage having a smaller team just because it is so tight and not a lot of things get missed. And, you know, we're kind of on top of each other all the time, which is really, really nice. And I'll miss that when we don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, maybe we'll bring some people in to help. Right. Um, it gets to be a lot on my end sometimes. But, you know, I'm used to like gunning and running. That's kind of what right. I love doing. And that's why I really enjoy my job. So so yeah. how long have you been there? So this will be my sixth year working for Charlemagne. Your sixth year? Yep. Um, yeah. I met Charlemagne when I was, oh my gosh, when I was 19. And I've been, I'd kind of never stopped working for him. Right. So I interviewed him at school for my college radio show, um, snuck backstage to an NAACP event and asked him to do an interview with me. And he's like, I'm driving back to New York tonight. Um, I have five hours to drive, but like you get 10 minutes. Like, of course, I love the hustle. You know, I give you props for sneaking backstage to this all black event, like whatever. <laughs> so we sat down and it was on Valentine's Day, actually, my sophomore year of college. And he, it turned into like an hour and a half interview. And then we just kind of vibed off of energies. Like, I really enjoy your story. Like, I love how you're trying to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I was pre med way once, oh, long, wow. long, Damn. long ago. And wow. I try to, Flipped the whole script my sophomore year. Yeah, my parents weren't super happy about that. But (laughs) um, he was just like, yeah, I really fuck with the fact that you're doing that and you're doing something that you love. And, you know, do you want an internship? And I was like, I mean, yeah, of course I want an internship. He's like, it's not paid. He said it on the spot? Yeah, well, after we, like, wrapped the interview, he was just like, I want to help you. I want to, like, help you, you know, do whatever you want to accomplish, you know, in music, etc. And I was like, yeah, great. I just don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of feeling it out. And he was like, well, maybe working in radio will give you some more direction, see if you want to keep doing radio things or music or whatever. Um, yeah, so I slept on a friend's couch and interned for free at Power that summer. And I was bartending in Atlantic City Good still. Friend. Yeah, <laughs> great friend. Shout out to Mish. Um, yeah, and I was bartending still in Atlantic City. That's where I spent all my summers with my sister and stuff. And I would go leave on a Monday after working with the overnight shift and hop on a Greyhound bus and come to New York and go wow. right to radio Tuesday, like Tuesday morning and leave my stuff in his car. So people didn't know I was like coming from a bus and 
work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then after radio on Thursday, leave and go back down to do the weekend in AC and do wow. the same thing the Hustling. next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So Damn. I was broker than I've home. ever yeah. been in my life, and I wasn't being paid in New York, so I was pretty much breaking even with everything I was mm-hmm. making on the weekends. Um, but I learned probably more than I've ever learned arrested twice for hopping subway turnstiles we'll never do that again mm-hmm. but yeah you, did it was, you go to did you go to jail did you put did they put you in a cell no they like gave me a ticket one time they put me in cuffs but like i talked my way out of it a little bit right, and i was right. just like i'm so broke i'm sorry i'm not from here you know, <laughs> I paid that card and they're like well here's the here's a hint don't hop the subway station at port authority bus I'm, station I'm because not from here that's why i jumped the turnstile if, if you're like, gonna do it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do it here and I was like oh okay yeah okay I got You're it so cool, yeah. <laughs> I was like literally I just bought my ticket on my phone and that's all the money I had in my bank account I don't even have enough to oh, reload you my the whole swipe. story you yeah he, he let me go but I, I did have to pay a pretty expensive fine so that was not cool but yeah that's just kind of how it started and then I ended up um just like on days since I was not being paid just being like what do you need like can mm-hmm. I help you for the day I'm in New York for the day and I didn't know anybody and I didn't have to do anything after radio when my internship was over so just kind of followed him around he likes to say that I was DJ Khaled level of annoying I don't know Dang. if that like that <laughs> but, that's but, that's DJ Khaled like that yeah. at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he Dang. was like yeah you know if you want to get somewhere just be like my assistant be levels of DJ Khaled annoying I'm like I don't if I was that and now it's kind of karma because I get people reaching out to me be like I need a mentor I need a mentor I'm like I really wish we had the time but like right. mm-hmm. they're like well Charmaine said to be DJ DJ Khaled annoying so I'm gonna keep hitting you up and I'm like, like God uh, damn it. Yeah. coming back to me I don't think I was like that annoying but I definitely was hungry and just like wanted to learn and be in all the rooms I could and at least listen um, yeah and I guess it paid off I worked for Puff for a little bit he offered me a job while I was interning and then I ended up leaving school early and moving here full time and then I Kind of still helped out with Charlemagne's stuff day to day whenever he needed it Um, because he had an assistant, but she kind of like had a lot of other stuff going on and didn't really know what she was doing. So hold up. You just (laughs) said I work for Puff. Yes. <laughs> and then you just totally went over that. Yeah. Um, you, know, you knew that. You knew that. I did, I did know that. They, um, they, they don't, don't know that. They don't know that. Okay. <laughs> 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 the people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> long story short, um, I met Puff while I was interning. I gotta be short. You could. I don't feel like I'm talking too much. I want to hear you guys talk. That's the whole point. Um, We'll talk soon. You got us this wine. Yeah, there you go. Finish your glasses (laughs) and I'll re-up you and then we'll start asking you guys some questions. (laughs) Um, No, I uh, I met Puff while I was interning and he kind of just was like in true Puff fashion. Charlamagne kind of made a very gracious intro and was like, yeah, like this is my homie. She's where was the intro at? At the Breakfast Club. I was at the Breakfast Club. Um, And she was like, he was like, she's a communication student at Penn State. Um, I was going for broadcast journalism at the time with an emphasis in sports. Um, So I was working for Big Ten Network on camera to get my emphasis. And um, so I was looking into being like on camera talent and I wasn't sure where I was going with it. Um, We videotaped everything for my radio show. So I kind of had like a reel with with interviews and stuff. And he was like, will you have a reel? Like, let me see your reel. So I showed him and he was like, cool, I'm starting a TV network. Do you want a job? And I was like... (laughs) Um, is this a trap? Like, are you just offering me a job right now? He's like, no, you're gonna I mean you're gonna have to interview for it, but like, you know, if everything works out, like I I need a good hip white girl. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I'll do sure. that. <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> I am white, yeah. Um, and then um the casting process was kind of like he like introed me via email with someone, and then I went back to school um in the fall and I got a call and September, like shortly after the the semester started my junior year, and 
they were like, hey, can you, you know, send a self-tape in, send a self-tape in. And I Skyped with a bunch of people a couple of times over like a couple of weeks. And Dang, then so by midterms. Cool interview process. Yeah, it was actually a couple of weeks. And I just was like, everyone would happen. And then I'd be like, okay, now what? Now I have to focus on school. Like, right, really? Right. Like, what's happening? And I would see revolts starting to go on social media and stuff. And I was like, ah, I want to be, be like itching it, to be yeah. a part of it, like at the launch and stuff. Um, and then the final step was they flew me out to LA, like right after midterms and, or during midterms, actually. I had to get out of a few exams. And then I like thought I was going to walk into a casting room with a bunch of girls that looked like me. And I was just there by myself. And they put me in front of a green screen, asked me a bunch of questions about music, what I like, what I listen to, like how I feel about the brand. And then flew me back to home and I had to make it for my sister's wedding, actually. And she was like, if you miss this rehearsal dinner, I'm going to kill you. Like, why are you flying to LA? No one, I didn't really tell a lot of people because I didn't want to jinx it. And you didn't it was tell kind a lot of, of people. Like I told my mom and probably my college roommate. So and that's you didn't, like you really didn't tell it. your sister? You was like, I'm I going to I work kind of for ex- Puff. I explained to her. She doesn't even know who Puff is. So like, oh, shout dang. out to Lauren. She's just like oh, yeah. so white and straight edge. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love her dearly, but she truly has no clue. And she has no clue what I do now either. But um, <laughs> she just knows I'm busy all the time. Uh, but yeah, so I, I made it back in time. And then I, I landed at the wedding. Like I landed in time for the rehearsal dinner. And then at the wedding, Puff called me and he was like, you fly to New York on Monday. Like, you're going to sit down with me. Like, I have final say. So then I flew to right from the wedding to Puff to what meet with him in New York. What when you got the call where he was like, you, I'm Shitting my pants. Yeah. Shitting yeah. my pants. And Hell then yeah. I got there and there was one kid sitting in the boardroom with me at um, Combs Enterprises, the old office at Bad Boy. And it happened to be my co-host later on. But we met that day and we were talking a little bit. And he went before I did. He went into Puff's office and he probably, shout out to Lawrence, he's going to kill me for telling this story. <laughs> but he probably was in there for like maybe two minutes, like tops. And he comes back out and even his assist, Puff's assistant was like, what did you say? Like, and they had a production team in there filming our reactions. And like, he was just like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, and yeah. I was like, oh, well, I've got this. I'm going to last way longer than two minutes. At least I did better than that guy. Like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And then I was in there for like probably like 10 minutes and he asked me like four questions and then that was it. And he like sent me on my way back to school and I sat there for like a month and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, oh my God, like what did I say that he didn't like? And then like… I think like a month later, I got a contract in my email. I was like, sign it and send it back. Welcome to Revolt. Yeah. And I was like, oh… I guess I need a lawyer. <laughs> like, I didn't have a lawyer. Yeah. I didn't have, I had no idea. And then I actually, shout out to Charlemagne, like he's had my back since the beginning. I sent it to him and he sent it to his legal. And the process with the contract took a really long time. And I was like itching to be a part of it. And I just, they started to launch and I was seeing all the hosts they pick, Lawrence being one of them, the mm-hmm. kid that was in that boardroom that day. Mm-hmm. Still don't know what he said to Puff that day. And he won't tell me, he's, but he won't tell He you. won't tell me. No one will, uh, no one knows what happened <laughs> in that room. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then Charlemagne just kept calling me TLC because I was like, I want to sign the contract. And he was like, sign it if you want to, but don't be mad at me when you come later and you yeah. don't have any money. And I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. And yeah, and then I, the process took a while, but in that process, I was like, am I moving to New York now? Like, I'm still in school. And I think right. they kind of forgot I was still a junior at Penn State at the time. And they were like, yeah, just move to New York. Like, we'll put you up in a hotel per your contract until you find a place, whatever. So, again, I hadn't really told anyone. Right. So, like, my radio show knew. I left it in good hands. My, my advisor knew. Um, Jamie Perry. Shout out to Jamie Perry because he was just the realist. He was like, when you get a job offer as a communications major, you go. We'll figure out school. We'll finish you online. Like, it'll Dang. be fine. Um, and he, like, 
transferred a lot of my classes that weren't supposed to be online to like help me finish them because wow. I was communicate. I was like 400 level communications at this point. A lot mm. were like, you know, in-person exams and stuff like that, presentations. Um, yeah, and I moved to New York and I lived in a hotel for a month and then found a place on Craigslist and then, yeah. And then I, con- I was able to continue helping Charlemagne out um, whenever he needed it. If I had a day off, I just kind of follow him around, go up to radio help out the clueless interns mm-hmm. type of stuff. Right. So, yeah, right. never really stopped working for him. And now we're here after I stopped working for Revolt. They'd had a big, um, ironically enough, a big firing, which they just had another one. Um, and they fired like six of the hosts. Um, mm. How many were they? There were like, well, inaugural, there were like seven hosts. And then they had mm-hmm. added on a few others to do digital content and stuff like that. And so I got fired along with… I think like four other people between mm-hmm. LA and New York. And I was devastated, obviously. Right. Like right. I had moved to New York for this job and I had left school early and everything that I knew behind. And like I literally left my apartment with most of my stuff in it until the end of the semester when I had mm. time to go back. And like still had people texting me like, hey, you want to come out tonight? And I'm like, oh, oh I right. moved to New York and work for P. Diddy now. And they were like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Um, so yeah, it went and you dropped a bomb like that. Yeah, and I just nah, remember I like even believe if somebody texting me like, oh no, I'm moving to New York and work for P Diddy now. I'd be like, yeah, what? no, you no don't. they were essentially like, they were like, who, what, what, why? And that was also a great conversation I had with my dad. He's like, P who, who, P who? I'm like, Puff Daddy. Like you know, he's I don't know who that is, but anyone with a name like that is ludicrous. And what you're doing is ludicrous. And he yeah. was he was totally over the New York move. But um, shout out to dad. Thanks for believing in me but yeah or kind of maybe he still doesn't yeah. I don't know uh, <laughs> he's probably still like ah, who is Charlamagne yeah. <laughs> who is that it's been six yeah. years I don't know who and then is. That's, <laughs> it's a great other conversation now I'm working for a man named Charlamagne the God and he's like he calls himself he's, a god. he's a god like, what? and it's not he's spelled with a the it's spelled with a the yeah. god um, yeah and so it was like a whirlwind of stuff I was devastated I was you know, I remember going into Charlemagne's, well, to the Breakfast Club and like crying my eyes out and just be like, I can't believe I got fired. He's like, you didn't get fired. You got let go. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And if this is crushing you, then maybe this industry isn't for you because this isn't going to be the first time you're told no. Like, yeah, it happened early for you, but now you take what you can learn from it and you make right. sure no one can ever say no to you again. So right. then he was like, I need an assistant. What did Revolt pay you? Like, I'll pay you and you're on my team now. And that's just like kind of how it started happening like day to day like that because I was here now and yeah. That's so dope. I think one of the uh, the best opportunities come from taking like unconventional like hustle routes to making it happen. You sneak it back. Opportunity comes to those who create it. There we go. Precisely. You can buy it now. Paperback. <laughs> 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 but no, that's some true shit. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was talking about this and I don't know if you guys, you guys have interns up here too. I'm sure they're paid though. Um, but I was talking about <laughs> this with like the no interns. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I guess you I could call it pay me. Interns leave smart as shit. <laughs> we, go, we go out there and they're all playing Fortnite. Um, yeah, no, I just was, I just feel like because I was an unpaid inter- intern, I just hustled that much harder because I wanted right. to make sure I was getting everything I possibly could out of the internship, which everyone should, even if you're paid. Um, I'm all for paying interns because mm-hmm. it was miserable. I was eating, like, street bagels. Um, but, yeah, it just—I I was so hungry to, like, earn my place there. And right. it was really competitive when I was there because there were a bunch of kids getting college credit. So there were, like, three of us— like each day, um, two batches of three of us, like for every other day. And some people would just wouldn't show up some days. But like mm-hmm. it was a cardinal rule that like if it wasn't your day scheduled, you can't come just for like guest privacy, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. So me and this other girl, Nikki, um, who actually works at Atlantic now. So shout out to Nikki. 
yeah, she and I just would go in every day that we were both there. Like I was in New York for the whole week. So I was like, let's go in. If people don't show up, then we can stay. And then we get extra days and more experience and, you know, keep hustling. So we dragged our asses there at 4 a.m. on days that we weren't supposed to be there. And luckily, most times, some people didn't show up. So, but me and Nikki were one of the ones who kind of got jobs out of the gigs. So I think also a big lesson that I hear from that is that you treated yourself like you were working there even when you weren't. Yeah. For um, sure. So that's you know that's eventually why you got the job because you were already working at that at that capacity. You yeah, know what I'm that or I was really annoying. We're, not, we're still not <laughs> sure, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm reading this book right now called Think and Grow Rich, and I just started it. Oh. And uh, literally the first chapter, I've only read literally 15 pages of it. I just read started reading it this morning. Um, one of them is the first principle they talk about is desire and wanting something and not stopping until you get it. Yeah. And um, it talks about this girl who comes into her actual slave master's house and says, can you give me 15 cents to give to my mother? And she's saying this to like, you know, an older white man. And then the white man says, absolutely not. And she says, I'm not leaving until I get 15 cents from my mother. And then he, without saying anything, gives her 15 cents. And in that time, apparently that, you know, obviously that's crazy. And then she leaves and then he stares out the window like, why did I just give this person 15 cents? It's because she came in here with conviction and didn't leave until she got the 15 cents, you know? So that's what that situation reminds me of. It's sort of like, um, you know, be annoying like DJ Khaled. <laughs> like, you you know, you're just that person trying to get the 15 cents. You yeah. know what I mean? You're I not leaving like to get what you better, want. I better word for that. Yeah. <laughs> so is my conviction. But yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, when you expect the respect you deserve and you work hard to earn it from the people that you're around every day and they can see that and feel that, there's always like a genuine just respect, I feel like, usually there. Um and it usually works out. Like if you're the best thing that someone can say about you is that you're the hardest, per- worsting per- hardest working person in the room. Right. You know, and if they can only say that, then you're only going to be able to win at the end of the day. Right. So, yeah, some days I'm like, I'm a workaholic. Like this is a problem. My friend's like, you need a life, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you need a social life. You need like mm-hmm. you need to date somebody or something. And I'm like, no, I don't have time. Like I'll do that later, I guess, you know. But there's a balance and keeping it healthy too. Um but yeah, if you work hard, there's really nothing bad anyone can say about you. And if you're a pleasure to work with, there's a difference right. between working hard and being a heathen that no one wants to work with. But if you're a pleasure to work with and you work hard, I mean, you're going to exceed plenty of people with resumes better than you for miles. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's what's up. So I know you've gotten to work with some uh, big personalities, yes. say the least. <laughs> what have been some of your biggest uh, like lessons? I mean, obviously, it's really... Uh, I mean, a great opportunity to be able to learn firsthand from some of these awesome, impactful people. Like, what have been some of your biggest takeaways? I think, like, stories. I think my biggest takeaway from my job, period, and like every experience I've had, is that the ones that you expect to be the craziest never are, and the ones where you invest energy and time and like the genuine relationship or conversation or project or whatever usually end up surprising you and being the most rewarding Mm -hmm. just because you don't go in with like super high expectations but you I mean obviously treat everything the same but like I mean you were taught we were talking earlier before we started like I was interviewing a bunch of people in college right like I was so excited about like you know, one of my friends, Will, shout out to Will, um, manages Wiz Khalifa, and we both went to Penn State together. And he hooked me up heavy, like helped me out so much by vouching for me to all these artist managers that were coming in town doing tours so right. I could get these interviews and go backstage and do like my radio show thing. Um, and I remember like that year I had interviewed Juicy J, like Swayze, Big Sean, um, Big Crit. And I had interviewed a lot of people. And then Charlemagne was like the last one of that year that I interviewed. And not to say I wasn't excited to interview Charlemagne, but I I wasn't nearly as nervous. I wasn't as like, like, 
breaking necks to get backstage to do it. Like, and I will forever to this day be like, thank God I was like, I did that. Like, thank God I wasn't tired that day. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Right. Um, and it was like the most rewarding thing I, I've ever done, you know? So I think I love the experiences that really surprise me. Um, like just even hearing like some of the authors we brought, like Ma- Malcolm Gladwell, just like hearing him talk, like being mm. in the room with him, like right. I feel mm. like my soul is affected. And maybe that's just because like I've grown up reading his books and like I've read them all a thousand times. But it's I know it sounds like such a cop out, but like it's usually the really rare ones that I learn the most from. Right. Um, you know, being in the room with Jay Z is always cool, but you know you don't always get to hear him drop gems. You know, with time and stuff. Um, recently Kanye was really cool. Um. Went out to LA and sat down for a day with Kanye and interviewed him. And I just have never seen Kanye in such a happy space, regardless of like what he's doing on social media mm-hmm. and like the public's view of him right, right. now. Um, I've never seen Kanye so content and so happy in my life. And like it was truly a pleasure to watch those two men have like such a broken down conversation about their lives and just about a lot of things that they can both relate to, like parenthood, you know, and hip hop, which is really hard, anxiety and hip hop, which is really hard to deal with and people don't talk about. Um, And just seeing a lot of people on a really human level that I've never gotten to see before is always really cool. That sounds awesome. I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, hell yeah, it did. Hell yeah, it did. Um, I'm wondering, um, you know, you obviously worked for Charlemagne for a long time. Um, What you did at first is probably a lot different than what you do now. One, because you've obviously, you know, grown with Charlemagne, but he's also grown into, into different you know, how he how he developed into the world is, is different than he was before. He's not just a host anymore. He's right. an author and, you know, all these other things. So um, for you, how is your how's your day to day changed from, you know, what you were doing as, you know, just his assistant to now his operations manager? And, and what things have you had to learn going from radio into, you know, his book, for yeah. example? Um, everything. <laughs> like, I honestly, like, I had never booked a flight before until I started working for Charlemagne. Like, I was a child. Like, I'm still, I mean, I'm not still not, like, elderly, but, like, <laughs> I was 19 years old, you know, right. when I started, like, booking travel and doing all these things. I'm like, I really just, like, had to figure it out. And gratefully, mm-hmm. I had the space to figure it out and learn with him. And the other thing is, too, when you're working so closely with somebody, you just kind of have to learn how to work with each other best. And right. it might not always be like the correct way of checking boxes or doing things or in my mind, like I am so left brain with organization. Like I have OCD. It's a problem. Like I make to- lists and spreadsheets and yeah, all the things. Too. And me like too. he's very by the seat of his pants. Like he doesn't need to see a spreadsheet. Like let's just talk about it. What are the bullet points? Like what do I need to know? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it was just like learning how to work with him in a way that benefited both of us greatly and accomplished the most in a day, especially with like a little bit of time each day. Now I will say I'm glad I had that time because there's a lot of like not guessing I have to do, but knowing what he would want without having to ask him type of thing. Right. Um. So yeah, like everything from, you know, reading over contracts and redlining them and sending them to legal to, you know, travel and all of the fun logistical stuff that comes with production of live events and going vetting through questions every day and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely gotten a lot more in that magnitude of like, I'm glad I'm on my shit now and I know how to do everything. Um, but there's still things every day that like I'm grateful that his business manager is so well-versed and smart that I can go to her and our legal team is great. Right. Um, day-to-day is just a lot more 
like my phone doesn't stop ringing, which is like something I'll probably never get used to because I'm like the world's worst like text communicator with my friends. My friends are always like, I have to call you because you just don't Mm -hmm. answer my text. But right now I probably have like 85 unread text messages in my phone. I'm really bad at it. I'm trying to get better about it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not work related during the day, sometimes I like gloss over it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So like I think the hardest thing to like learn is how to balance your life, if that makes any sense. When your life is about somebody else like fully and completely and like seeing him win so you can win, um, you lose a lot of like your personal life and stuff like that. So finding a balance as I've gotten older is super important and something that I've started to focus on. But everything else kind of comes with like, you know, fucking up a few times and taking ownership of it. That's the biggest thing with him too. He's like the biggest guy on honesty and like stands on that pillar to a fault like don't mislead him don't gloss over things keep it a stack all the time and we're good like I've gone through some terrible experiences where I've had to like just keep it a stack with Charlemagne because that's my dad and my employer and that's my guy (laughs) and just I'm not gonna lie to you and it's all been fine because we just you know if, if I fuck up I'm like hey I fucked up but this is what it is you know and it doesn't happen often I'm not gonna lie I'm pretty good at my job but you know it does happen so I think just, like, learning to roll with the punches every day was the biggest adjustment for me because, like I said, he's so off book all the time and just removing constantly the right. movement and probably learning how to, like, balance your life becomes a lot, but right. it's fun. So that's not just operations manager. I hear just general manager in general. Just know. everything. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't take the title of being his manager because his business right. manager, Karen Kinney, is, like, Well, I'm just saying it sounds like a negotiator. You know. yeah, um, yeah. But I do whatever I can, and I'm not, like, worried about the title in the least bit, you know, like eventually I'd love to be like the VP of his production company. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, like I'll just, any hat you give me, I'll wear. I don't mind, you know. Right. And it helps that we're close and like I trust him a lot and we are family. I really do think that dynamic is helpful for our relationship. I won't say that for every like assistant. I know some assistants who have to keep their like personal life completely webbed differently than their work life, you know, right. or keep them separate just so it doesn't get to them or, you know, and when… I mean, gratefully, like, I wear sneakers to work every day. I'm not in, like, a corporate environment every day, you know? So it's different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, my job's not exactly the same as everyone's. So just figuring it out. Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> right, right. That's what's up, though. That's dope. So this is going to go a different angle. But as far as, like, media strategy, like, I'm going to just start nerding out, like, media stuff. Do I need but, to like, give you more wine? Probably. <laughs> w- wouldn't hurt. Yeah, um, I'm already feeling this. I didn't have dinner, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh so Charlamagne is built up a huge brand across a lot of different like traditional media mm-hmm. platforms, radio, recently books, but at the same time he's also balancing like newer forms of media. I mean even the Breakfast Club itself has developed into like a thriving YouTube channel. He's got a thriving podcast. Um like as the landscape of media shifts and like more new media, video, audio really becomes uh at the forefront, like mm-hmm. where is his priorities or like where are you guys most ex- what are you guys most excited about? I think the thing we're most excited about right now is really building out his production company. Um, he really enjoys pitching shows and executive producing shows and curating content. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like really where we're at overall across all the boards right now. Like mm-hmm. same thing with the Breakfast Club YouTube page. Like let's keep the content coming. Let's not necessarily bring in the most poppin' artist, but the one who's going to have a great conversation with us or that we right. need to learn about together with our audience right. type of thing. Like we just had Jennifer Lewis up yesterday and it was a great interview, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of times that's like why I said the the surprising people are sometimes when you learn the most from. So I think, you know, right now, like just keep, keeping the content going across the board is really important for us. And just like keep elevating the culture forward is really important for him. Um, you know, 
service is super important to him. So I think a lot of ways he can give back in the form of content, just as far as life experiences, you know, even with the book, um, giving back in content is always something we try to keep moving forward in and keep fresh. Um, but the production company is really exciting. We're working on a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. Not a lot of stuff I can talk about, but right, right. Um, a lot of really exciting stuff in the realm of TV um, and content, which I think people are really, really going to love. And I hope that people really see like how hard he's working and how much he really puts into that. Um, and I'm really excited for people to see more of that side of him because you've seen him as a host on his show, mm-hmm. as an executive producer on his show at MTV and, you know, at The Breakfast Club for all intensive purposes. And it's just really cool to see him like, we were doing something the other day. Again, I can't talk about it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all um, But, no, it's I mean, I'll no, just get in trouble. Yeah. Um, look, I'm like, I'm so good at my job. Yeah. And then I just start <laughs> giving away all the trade secrets. <laughs> I'm going to call later tonight from his manager. Yeah. Um, later later this, tonight will be kind of quick. No, no, you can't uh, do that to me. Uh, um, it's the second time tonight. <laughs> over, there. over there and over there. Yeah, great. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Um, no, I, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah. Um, just, you know, in forms of like the production company and stuff, it's really, really, really exciting. And like I was sitting back the other day watching him, we'll call it a meeting, quote unquote. I was watching him mm-hmm. in a meeting and I just like had this moment of I was like, Oh, I am, I know he's great at his job and I'm with him every day, but I think it's kind of jading to me because I was watching him. He might kill me for saying this, but I was just so proud. Like he was doing such a great job. And I was like, this is a totally different avenue and door that's going to open for him. And right. he's so good at it. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I took a video of him and was like, I sent it to his manager. And I was like, I don't forget how great he is, but it's like so cool to be reminded of it in like different aspects. Like, that's awesome. That man just… You can put him in front of anything and like he might not be the best at it, but he's going to be the most authentic doing it Mm -hmm. and just genuine and like pour everything he has into it, which is just like such a great thing to see every day and definitely keeps like, you know, remedial stuff like logistics and travel and all those things that can be stressful and like details that line up on top of you. My roommate's calling me. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Cyrus. And yeah, and it just… It's so cool to like be able to step back and really appreciate it someday still and like be reminded of it. Uh, you can also yeah. tie those smaller logistical things to a bigger picture when you're yeah, constantly Yeah, and it's reminded. just like, yeah, these things might be remedial and like daunting, but like we all have to do like invoicing and stuff we don't like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I could just be like, you owe me this much money. And he'd be like, okay. But like, again, I'm really organized. <laughs> so I'm just like just covering all the bases for your accounting and stuff here. My receipts, mm-hmm. write it off, like whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really cool to like, I really, really feel privileged to like learn every day. Yeah. And that's something like, I will never take for granted with this job, especially like even if I'm not working for Charlemagne in five years, which I don't see at this point in my life. Um, he's he's like, you're with me. You're, we're, we're, we're binded together. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. You, I went through my whole adolescence with Charlemagne. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I wasn't be able. I wasn't able to have a drink when I started working for him. Um, so it's just really cool to learn every day and be reminded of those things. And it keeps you hungry. For sure. Like. You know, and especially working in New York, too, you know what it's like. It like, keeps you hungry. It keeps you, like, yeah. hustling and stuff. And he definitely, like, keeps me mindful of that. So, it's cool. That's why I can't go to L.A. Every time people we like, We talked about this LA? last time we hung out. Yeah. It's like, you get to L.A. And I love L.A., trust me. Right. Like, we go out, like, once a month or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, recently more uh, than we have in the past. And I love the weather, obviously. The weather's great. The quality of life there out there is fabulous. And I love being there for, like… Five days and then coming back because <laughs> I tell people two people weeks are max. just lazy. Like 
Dang. I'll like meet Shots up for like a lunch at like three thirty, and like four thirty, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, traffic. It's it's fine though." Like I'm yeah, like, "No, yeah. dog. Now I have twenty minutes. Like time is important." And like yeah. that's one thing, especially working with Charlemagne, I will never take for granted. And you know, working with Gary Vee, it's like mm-hmm. time is money, literally, oh, and real. like we don't get a lot of it. So don't don't make me late. I hate late. I hate. Yeah. That's probably the most stressful part of my job. It's like, guys, come on, come on, guys, come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, well, we're fine. It's not an emergency. I'm like, yeah, but my job is to keep you on time and I'm going to do that. Like, let's yeah. go, let's go, it's let's go. It's going to become an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you won't get yelled at, but I'll probably get yelled at. So right. let's just avoid all of that and let's go, let's go, let's go. It's like, you know, like, have you ever seen like kids on a rope that go to daycare? It's like, come on, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that I feel like, you know, I'll, Stressful aspects of any job, but it's just cool to grow and learn. I mean, yeah, you're building. You're building. Yeah. So the stress isn't, you know, I know people that go to work every day and the stress is for nothing. Because they yeah, don't, they don't right. like the job. They're not, they don't feel like they're building towards something. And so. like they leave and their job leaves. Like when they leave the office, their job stays there, you know? Right, right. So I don't even, do you guys even know what that's like? No, right? No, no I don't know what that's like. Fortunately, I don't know that I would though. Would you guys want to know what that's like? I mean, maybe some days. Like uh, have you ever gone on a date and been like, Oh, gotta go. That's my favorite. And then you're like, well, sorry, you just don't get my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally with Sam, we had a call about this podcast last night. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging out with my girl and I had to be like, all right, I got to get on this call. I'm sorry. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> so it's like, probably harder for your girlfriend than it is for you. You're like, mm. yeah, but it's hard for me too because you obviously, you obviously love this person. You don't want to, you don't want to let them down. And I also like in spending time with her just as much as she likes spending time with me, you know? Um, but, Goals. I totally, I totally, you know, understand where you're coming from in that perspective. I also think that, um, and obviously you, you might be able to speak to this too, is, is when you're working a lot and your friends are like, you know, get a life. It's like, this is what I want to be life. doing though. <laughs> yeah. This is what I want to be doing though. You know, like, um, you know, I'll work sometimes on a weekend or like late at night and they're like, get off your computer. And I'm like, I actually want to do this. A what? A weekend. A what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's always like, yeah, it's the weekend. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it means yeah, nothing yeah, yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't think I've had off on a weekend since, like, I don't know. I've bartended all through college, so I've never right. had off on a weekend. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what, like, right. that's like. I do on work vacation. less on the weekends. I might work every day, but, you know, from it'll go from 8 to 4 or something, like, 8 eight hours to 4 hours or something like that. that. There's, yeah. there's a little bit, you know, less. It's soft. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> Suck you know. it up, no, soldier. <laughs> you're no. never going to last in this business. Yeah, right, right. Nah. <laughs> but yours is different, too, and I'm sure you can relate on a lot of levels to, like, but, you know the personal separating the personal and your person like you're working with a lot of artists day to day too which is very yeah. like I don't like to Charlamagne's not in you know any comparison to an artist but like when you're day to day with anyone or working in a logistical management aspect with talent quote unquote talent you know it's just like you gotta just figure it out and when yeah, if it is man. something you want to do with your life then yes I'd say it's rewarding but for people who ask me like Oh, I'm thinking about getting into music. And I'm like, be sure music's something you want to get into because it's not exactly the easiest. Are they talking about industry? Are they talking about? I don't know if it's like being an artist, which is miles harder than just being in the industry. You know, yeah. it's it's a lot. It's, it takes a lot from you. You know, yeah. I was I, I was talking about Kanye last week with someone. I was like, well, you think about it. Like, you're the talent. You're an artist. Like, all these white people all the time are like, make <laughs> us money. Make us money. Take, take, take from him. Yeah, take yeah. us energy. Like, turn it on now, Kanye. Do what you do, you know? And then it's like when he is being his true self and his authentic self, everyone wants to, like, blacklist him. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have to remember this. People took things from this man all the time. Like, just 24-7. Take it, keep doing that thing you do. Like, you know, before Pink Polo was even cool, Kanye was, like, doing his thing and no one was listening. And then eventually it became cool and everyone was like— 
yeah, keep doing it, Kanye. And it's just, it's like, it has to be exhausting. And I watch it happen with Charlemagne too. Like even people who, and no shade, but like people will hit us and maybe they just don't understand how busy they are, but they're like, can you come in tonight? And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> like we like, he's booked like a month out now, you know, like we, every day is like regimented and every day is different. Like none of our days are the same. Like right. very rarely the only constant is that Wednesdays we usually do the podcast. And that's like, and that <laughs> even usually. changes week to, usually yeah, that changes yeah. week to week because, you know, Andrew and there's a lot of moving parts, make sure our producers can be there, et cetera. But it's just like, it's not always for everyone in the aspect that like being an artist takes a lot from you. Right. And I think the industry itself can take a lot from you if you let it. But music is just, it's competitive. Like I think, it, and maybe it just media in general is just competitive. Yeah. It's like everyone's always trying general, to, yeah you know, be trigger happy and beat the next person out. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's very competitive. And maybe that's like, I'm super competitive, so that's why I enjoy it. Um, and like, not to say sports wasn't competitive, because for women on our talent, it was super competitive. But yeah. like, I didn't get the same like grit that I get from the entertainment industry and music. So right. it isn't for everybody, you know? And like, I'd go at lengths to say that it still isn't completely for me. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be, like, working with artists every day when, right. when, you know, say Charlemagne might not be a radio host anymore and we're doing more TV or something. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen. Don't quote me on that. I'm just saying, like, mm -hmm. if that happens down the road, like, I don't know if I'll be grateful or if I'll miss it or whatever, but it's hard. Like, right. you know, working with a lot of highly sensitive people, you know, that's what right. artists are. So whether you're working to, with people who cater to that right. in management or you're working for a label that is trying to curate it and make it make sense to the public, you know, it's all open-ended. You don't know how people are going to react to stuff. Like producers and, and TV and stuff like, oh, this will great. This is this will kill. And then it gets yeah. three you, views on YouTube and you're like, well, <laughs> back to the drawing board. People right. didn't take to that. And then there's yeah. something that you don't even think is going to go crazy and like, Kanye West goes up to TMZ and then it's like a crazy day. You know, oh, it's just, yeah. it's not for yeah. everybody. And some people like the, you know, I go home and my job doesn't follow me and stuff. I can't imagine a life like that. Eventually, would I like that? Probably. I think we all would eventually. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I kind of think I get bored too. Yeah. There's something powerful about being so deeply aligned with what it is that you're working on. But at the same time, too, that's very, it's a slippery slope. Because or I do deeply think, sad. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Right. There's a, very, there's a dark like it, yeah. side to that, too, because yeah. I think um, you often overlook the things that really do provide the most fulfillment in your life, those times with friends, right. um, yeah. family, right. all that good stuff. Um, one thing you alluded to, though, was this notion of like, or, or I'll even take a step back. I mean, we are talking about this pushing yourself really hard like burnout yeah i mean i feel like you guys and my tolerance for burnout even though i'm not like interfacing with gary every day yeah. like just being in this environment here at vayner media has definitely like stretched my tolerance oh, i feel sure. like your tolerance is probably like through the roof well did it did it always though were you did it just immediately stretch it out oh, from no. there or was no. it at some point you know no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean it was it was tough at like at first. I mean, especially coming from um like I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Like I don't know if you guys have read like Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, mm. but I like I had a handful that, yeah. of like digital marketing clients, uh lived in South America, and I was living with roommates that ha I mean were quintessential four hour work week people. I mean, took pride in how little work they did. Yeah. At the same time, it was like very meaningful. <laughs> so sick, by the way. So yeah. cool. Such a cool experience, I'm it, sure. It, it was incredible. But I think what I learned is that I, I felt I, I would rather be in a position where I'm, I'm so uh, inspired and motivated by the mission that I'm working towards yeah. that I want to work so I can make that bigger impact. 
Um, but yeah, obviously, I mean, switching environments. Part of the reason why I even started working at this place is because I knew it would take me to the other extreme. Yeah. Right. So that I could net out in the kind of better middle grounds. Um, but with that said, I mean, how have you like overcome burnout? Have there been times where, it, I mean, it sounds like you've been pushing yourself super hard. I like the running joke with all my roommates is like, I don't sleep. Like, they never see me sleep. They're like, Are you a vampire? Yeah. Like, what are you getting any sleep or did you eat today? Right. Like, you yeah, know, you I just, I think, you know, and this sounds stupid, but like, nightlife really helped me with that because I used to bartend all night and then go to my internship in the morning and be like, I'll sleep when I'm done. Like, when I'm done, I'll sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of days, I, I'm not done. Yeah, it's like so you never it's done. hard yeah. to get sleep because <laughs> right. I'm such like a, oh, no, like, I will lay in bed for two hours and be like, I just got to finish this. Like, I need to finish it and then I can sleep easy because, like, I go over a mental checklist of, like, you know, every night I try and send him his schedule for the— so every Sunday I'll send Charlemagne his schedule for the week and then mm-hmm. every night I'll try and send it to him to remind him again of like what's tomorrow, what's, you know, whatever he needs to see questions or like mm-hmm. if I need to send him a one sheet on like who's interviewing him, etc. Um, so like at the end of doing all that after the day, it's like I still have like, I only have like 20 emails to zero in my inbox. Like it feels so good. You only got 20 emails to zero. That's kind of a lot of emails depending on what's in it. I don't know if you want to see how many emails I have right now, but it's definitely not 20. What time is it when you say there's only 20 emails? And it's not because I'm bad at my job. They're just not priorities, so they're not getting All right, so there's 463 emails. You mind if I say this or no? No, go ahead. I can stop if you want. (laughs) It's okay. Don't read my text. I'm obviously not going to read my text. (laughs) Open up the text. don't go on my photos. Open up the text. I ain't going to do nothing like that. It's going to be on this screen You can go on my Hinge profile if you want. The list hilarious always. (laughs) None of it. Um, 59 missed calls. But you only have nine nine texts in here. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, but 59 missed calls. It's usually the opposite. It's usually the correct I mean, to be fair, again, one of those was just my roommate calling me and being like, I mean, he's not, to be fair, actually, it's my roommate. He might be in Vegas right now. I don't know. He's, I don't know. It might be an emergency, and I'm like, great. And I'm like, yeah, Cyrus, I'll call you back later. But yeah, yeah. I just, I think, I don't know. I never sleep. I, I am. Do you working try to check that. all of those emails though? Because I'm sure I have a lot of emails that you siphon them. Oh, yeah. I have to be though. I have to be. Really? Like, dang, that's. Crazy. I just don't like anything clouding my mind when I'm like actually gonna relax or sit down no, or like, it's do good. something. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And some of it's like spam. Like some of that'll be like hotels that we have rewards at or whatever. Mm. Like or like JetBlue telling me like, you know, use your points or whatever. Right. Um, but I think the biggest adjustment is just like I don't know, not adjusting. I don't know. I just like kind of <laughs> jumped into it and was like, this is what we're doing. When it's done, it's done. And if it's not, it's not, and I don't sleep. Like I don't I have now I'm getting older. I will say it's a lot harder. Like, especially <laughs> if I go to like a dinner meeting and have like Two glasses of wine, I'm like hungover immediately, you know, now that I'm old. But, you know, I was so young when I started. I was just like, yeah. who needs sleep? It's fine. Like, it definitely catches up with you as far yeah. as, like, stress and all of the things. Like, I've had right. some health problems. Like, I have really bad eczema when I'm stressed out. It's really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm, and, like, you know, some things will fall to the wayside. Like, I probably should have got my wisdom teeth out a really long time ago. And yeah. then one day I woke up in the middle of the night, like, in— terrible pain and had to go to the ER and he was like yeah it's infected and impacted I can't believe you last this long I need to take it out right now and I'm like yeah but I have a meeting in the morning so can we not and he's like no "No." and then it's just so funny because I feel like when you start working in that mode of like no sleep and just like never like adjusting to the medium of changing every day like 
I think we all put more pressures on ourselves than it's like actually expected of us right. just because mm-hmm. it feels like a never ending checklist. And like, I went into work the next day with like a swollen face and Charlotte was like, why are you here? Go home. Like you can answer emails yeah. from home. And I was like, but you didn't need me here. No, like I can do the podcast without you. It's fine. Like I'll be yeah. fine. You know? So I think it's just like managing your expectations for yourself and like what's realistic sure. and like keeping in mind that sleep's probably the most important thing in the universe and like mm-hmm. take it when you can get it and for however long you can. Yeah. And flights help because there's a lot of sleep that's caught up on flights for us. Um, but we're up at four every morning, you know, so like Crazy. sleep's a novelty yeah. and I'll be grateful when I get a lot of it when I retire. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm the nap queen. I'm great that's at what? napping. I can like do it sitting up in a room full of talking people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm great at napping. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's just an adjustment as with yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you work in music, like you, you know, you don't sleep until shit just happens, you know? Like, yeah, but the thing is, it kind of comes in waves. Yeah. So, like, you know, last week I was up for literally 24 hours straight. And I'm gonna then need you to drink more today, wine, by the way. Like we naps. just finished a bottle yeah. over here. I know, here, man. You're... you're just trying to trap me, man. <laughs> I am. Is it working? I'm finishing this one. So it's now working. you have to catch It's it. working. It's working. I'm a lightweight. But, um, but yeah, I mean, music is busy, you know? Um, but you like the artists. You know, personally, and you like the music they make. So when you have to, when you have to wake up, like last night, I was in bed, I was ready to go to sleep. I had the office on, and I was like, "Oh, I got to do this thing." <laughs> so I got uh. up out of bed at like eleven thirty. I was like, "Man, I just gotta fit. I gotta crank this out." But you know, um, and this sounds like you know a similar experience to you, and a similar experience to you is like. It's, if it's what's got to be done, it's what's got to be done. You know what I mean? And, all, and and I, I want to tie this back to to also your goals mm-hmm. and and the way you think about yourself and the way you carry yourself. So so, so like <laughs> when when it's like I need to get to email. Can't escape this one. <laughs> 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 you bought the wine, but yeah, now what's yeah, up? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like when I need to get to email zero, like what else is motivating you to be like you know I want I, you know I want to get to zero or like. Um, when you're working for Charlemagne, you're like, you know, I don't have a life, but I'm cool with that. What else is motivating you other than just Char- Charlemagne himself? You know what I mean? I mean, he's a pretty motivational guy. It doesn't really take a lot more, like, working for him. Like, I honestly am not being kiss-ass. Like, it is such a genuine privilege to work with him every right. day. Like, I'm so super grateful that, like, I have a boss that I love and that loves me, like, family. And just, like, you know, I'm super grateful every day. But, you know, I, sometimes I think we're so busy like I'm 25 now and I can't like I remember turning 25 this year and Charlamagne was like you're not 25 you're like 23 and I was like no bro like mm-hmm. I've been working for you for five years like it's been a long time and like I think we are just so busy a lot that I forget to step back and be like all right well what do I want out of all of this just because right. I've kind of been on autopilot just with like handling shit getting right. shit done like without a job description just like right. handling go, go, it go. right um and you know in in changing my major and leaving school and stuff it all happened really fast and I Mm -hmm. didn't really know exactly what I wanted out of it but I just knew the other path wasn't what I wanted so there's still a lot of figuring out going on in terms of like do I ever want to go back to on-air talent like some days I miss it you know Mm -hmm. some days I miss being I went on a tour bus for six months with Puff and like went across the country to every major city and music festival and all-star weekend and all the things and like was on a camera every day like you know just spreading the word about revolt and it felt rewarding it felt like I was learning every day, working on myself. Like, I definitely was not the best on-air host. I had so much to learn. Like, I left in the middle of school. And then even when I got there, Puff was like, forget everything you learned. Like, go gorilla style. And, like, then I'd watch back film and, like, see me flailing my arms when I talk and be like, oh, my God, I'm so bad at this. So that I missed, like, that aspect of, like, fucking up a lot. 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> like, and like, just like really like grassroots figuring it out. But I don't know. Like, I I've kind of really fallen in love with like the content content aspect of production, which is mm-hmm. something I never thought I'd love on the opposite side of the camera. Um, which is something I'd really really like to work on, especially in like us developing shows and stuff. Um. I don't know. I, I like, I love working with talent. I like working with people. Like everyone's like, what are you, I went on a date the other day, day and this guy was like, what are you good at? If you don't mind me asking. And I was like, other than my job, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not good at anything else. And he was like, like, no, like, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? Like, and I was like, people, I guess. And he was like, I was like, is that a bad answer? And he was like, no, it's not a bad answer. Like, that's great. But like, how are you going to make that into like something for yourself and something that you're excited, excited about and motivated about every day? And, like, I could see myself having, like, a talent agency maybe later down the line right. or, like, you know, working with the, our production company full-time and, like, being really hands-on and curating talent and right. content as well. Um, but I think, like, the open-endedness of it frightens the shit out of me. That's why I hate when people are like, well, what do you want to do after Charlotte Maine? Because there's this, like, stigma in the industry about being someone's assistant for too long. It's like, if you're that great of an assistant, then you shouldn't be with someone for that mm-hmm. long. And I super don't believe that. Like, I just, I grow every day that I'm in a room with him. So I don't feel like I'm stagnant in any way. But I would like to see myself, like, put myself in more situations that felt like being with Puff on a tour bus. Like, being scared. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of my job that I'm so good at I could do and be an autopilot, you know? Right. And, like, everyone knows that being uncomfortable is, like, where the best art is created and how you really push your boundaries and how you Mm -hmm. really, like— you know, challenge yourself. So in the future, like in the next year, I, I hope to like push myself to be uncomfortable in like a lot of ex- executive producing aspects or like associate producing aspects mm-hmm. or just like having a hand in that side of things more more hands-on than like just making sure everything's running correctly, you know? Mm-hmm. So that maybe or maybe, I don't fucking know, maybe I'll just move to an <laughs> island and like, I don't know, get move sick of the industry. I don't know. Cool. It's, I don't know. We'll see. And I've, like, thought about podcasting and stuff, but I don't right. feel like I have a lot to say about shit. You're but a natural. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> are. You <laughs> are. You're the first episode, so. No, there's a reason why you're the first. I'm like, yo, we don't be able to talk. We don't be able to talk with pain. Uh, <laughs> I just got you drunk. That's all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. It's something I do I on the weekend. <laughs> I'm, like, stumbling on my favorite podcast <laughs> ever. The best one. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I'm just, I know, like, I have a lot of great friends who you know, in the industry as well that are always like, you know, you're great at what you do for Charlemagne, but like push yourself forward every single day. So I definitely have those reminders all the time and they stress me out all the time because mm-hmm. I definitely lead like a very double life. Like I I grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. My parents will listen to hip hop. My brother knows what's up, but like my parents really don't even know what I do or how important my job is and that weighs on me some days because mm-hmm. I would like to go home and be like, yeah, I'm a CEO, CEO of this company. Mm-hmm. What now, you know? But like, I don't think measure like my success in the recognition of others. And I never have. So that's all fine. But it's definitely like trying to figure out some way to balance what I love, what I enjoy doing for work and what I enjoy doing, enjoy doing for myself. So I'm still trying to figure out the like, what do I enjoy doing for myself and making it into work type of thing. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Totally. Don't quote me because now this podcast is going to come out in like 
five years later, people were going to be like, oh, really? That's what you thought you were going to be doing? But <laughs> or, the, you know, or you could surpass what you thought you were going to be I doing. I mean, hopefully. It could, it could flip, you know. We were at, uh, I went to a friend's 30th birthday last night. Talk about feeling old. It was at a club. I was like, I'm tired. It's past yeah. 11. <laughs> like, crazy. it's a Monday. And <laughs> the Drake song came on 25 sitting on, or 27 sitting on 27 mil. Yeah, is that yeah, the? Yeah. 20, 25? 25 sitting on 20. Is it? Is it? I don't is know. It 20? It's 20. Uh, 20. Get my drunk again. friend comes up. He's like, 27 sitting on 27 mil. Psych. And I was like, I'm not 27 yet. So relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of New York. You get to be excited about possibility and you're reminded of it every day. And you're also reminded of the latter. You know, the, the best part about New York is walking down Fifth Avenue and, you know, you're reminded of all the things you can't have, and but they're within your reach. And then you still get the gritty shit. Like you go to the East Village and grab a $2 beer and like see all the kids who are just like hustling, working for free and shit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I hate that question. I hate you for asking that. But Damn, Jordan. I always talk around. I always I just talk around it a lot. And then hopefully people are like, oh yeah, that was deep. That yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the flip side of that, um, you know, as a brand, mm-hmm. you know, if I say page is this, what what would you want your brand to be? And that's a little bit easier because it's a little bit more vague, but it also <laughs> like you can be as vague as you want. Uh <laughs> she's like, I still hate you. <laughs> still hate you. Um I just think, like, authenticity. Like, I'm just so sick of, like, seeing a lot of, like, especially, I mean, being a white woman working in hip-hop. Like, everyone's like, oh, you want to fuck a bunch of rappers? Or, like, you're, like, the down white girl. They say you want to fuck a bunch of rappers? I mean, I get a lot of, like, oh, you're the down white girl. Like, that's you. You know what I mean? You're for the culture. Like, that has nothing to do with it. Take it out of it. Like, let's be authentic and let's just be real for a second. And, like, I think something, if I go to the creative route with, like, curating content, just be, like, great conversation. Like, you know, curating talent and content in a way that, like, just like opens up, like my favorite interviews are ones that feel like a conversation and right. people are just getting to know each other or right. like hanging out over drinks. That's why I brought the wine. But like, no, this is a good idea. I just think like as a brand, <laughs> like, I don't know, like my Instagram is like pizza connoisseur, aspiring astronaut, shoe addict, content curator. Like, those are like all my staples. Take it mm-hmm. for what you will. But I think like authenticity, like that's like the greatest thing I would want anyone to take away from me as a brand mm-hmm. if it ever. Right. coexisted by itself without like me attached to it um it would just be like just keeping it real like i don't know i'm just so sick of like fake news and all the extra shit and the that's just like charlamagne too charlamagne is like shit. one of the realest brands i think i've you know seen and it's so funny because like, you like when you're like charlamagne the brand i'm like i don't like I, he's, authentic. that's how it yeah. should be yeah. I mean, I like yeah. the best like, ones are just exuding that I mean, they have an intimate understanding of themselves and right what that's, they and enjoy. that's super important yeah. and very underrated because there's, a, like, a lot of projecting in media and stuff, too. People who don't know themselves really well, like, have a hard time mm-hmm. being authentic because they're trying to stick to, like, all these different scripts that are just floating right. around. And, like, you try to fulfill all these expectations of other people that don't really matter to you. And then when you take a step back and you're like, oh, this doesn't matter to me. Why right. am I, like, pressed about it? Because everyone's just so afraid to say things and do things. And trust me, like, people come for me all the time. Like, they troll me on the podcast every week. It's like, their <laughs> favorite hobby. If you've ever listened to Brilliant Idiots, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you've yeah. been, like, no yeah, most recently I got trolled on the Breakfast Club for Yo, Mike Wee Jordan. We saw that was hilarious. I was dying. We decided to leave it up. <laughs> no, if you brought it up, there we was gonna talk about it. But we to be try. fair, like there is a story. Uh, all right, so let's hear all it. he said was, "Look at her, <laughs> look at her." <laughs> then he called you no, out so said, hard. You see that white blonde girl over there? This is what Charlemagne said, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
She's been wanting to eat your ass for months. <laughs> like, First of all, I know Charlemagne so well. I already knew he was going to bring this up when yeah. Michael came back up. Because two weeks earlier, he came back. First of all, Michael Jordan was supposed to come up on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend ghosted on me on Valentine's Day. It was terrible. Of course, Charlemagne mm-hmm. made fun of me for two weeks. He's like, how this guy? <laughs> oh, this dang. guy was great. He really played you. He really had you going. I'm like, dang. thanks, asshole. Like, I'm really sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And Wax is like, yo, you need me to pull up on him? That's a pretty good support system. No, if you have anybody to say, you want me to pull up on him? If, if that was an option for anything, you know, more people, um, I think we use it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, sincerely. Uh, but yeah, and so he was supposed to come up and I was like all hyped up Valentine's Day with Michael B. Jordan. What's up? And he didn't come up. And I was like, you know what? This is probably a blessing in disguise because Charlamagne's mm-hmm. probably going to troll me, whatever. And one day I was sitting in the studio with our producer, Taylor, Love Taylor. She's great. And she was like, yo, Morris Chestnut is the finest man alive. And I was like, Morris Chestnut. Chestnut. Throwback. Right. And I was like, (laughs) first of all, I know you're not disrespecting my boyfriend, Michael B. Jordan, in front of me because he's clearly the finest person alive. Whatever. We were joking about it. And she was like, no, like Morris all the way. I was like, well, this is how you know, Taylor. If that man asked you to eat his ass, would you? Would you give him a rim drop? And she was like, (laughs) I was like, that's how you know it's love. Like, you got to do what you got to do for the person you love. And she was like, if he asked me, no, like whatever. And she, so then she turns to me and she was like, well, if Michael B. Jordan asked you to eat his ass, would you say yes? And I was like, of course. And then Charlemagne walked in at that exact moment. Oh, at that moment. exact moment. So there was no yeah. context to the situation. <laughs> it was a totally hypothetical situation. Like, I'm not out here hankering to eat anybody's ass. <laughs> he said, he said, said for months. He said for months. months. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm not, I've never, and for the record, I've never done it. Never will. Charlemagne's like, nah, you threw that around too casually. You must be out here eating. <laughs> Being asked like a snack. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh, I man. wish I had time to do something like that. Like, I don't even, I don't have time to have a personal life. Oh, and God. so, that's I wish how that you had, started. you said you wish you had time to do something I mean, like not that. not eat box, but like, or, 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 or ass. Yeah. Like, I could just add any personal life, really. Right, but right. yeah, so he came, I forgot he was coming up that day. And like he had like two weeks out had been like, you see who's coming on on the schedule, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yo, stop. Yeah. Please just Don't stop. Play, bro. Like, <laughs> just stop. And then he was like, he loves white women. It's fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> I come up that day and he was already in the studio. And I was like, fine, dodged a bullet. Like, Charlene won't see here. Mind you, our press release for Shook One, Anxiety, Playing Tricks on Me, our, his second book, came out that day. And I was like reading over press releases and sending everything for approval and getting graphics to like switch his social media over. And I was like pulling my hair out. I was so stressed out. And all of a sudden, I see Charlemagne turn in his chair and point to me out of the studio. Mind you, you can't hear what's going on in the studio when you're in the right. lobby. And I'm like, no. just no not today please like I'm so stressed out and I knew what he was gonna say that's why I was dreading it and he's like telling me to come in he sends Taylor out he's like Paige come in here gotta come on you gotta come in here Charlamagne wants to come in I'm like absolutely not I am too smart to set myself up for that type of shit on air on the breakfast club like no way and he's like listen I'm gonna shoot my shot for my people I need you to come with that same energy and he kept saying I need you to come with the same energy when my Michael B. Jordan's up here. And so he said, you know, what he said. Michael B. Jordan walks out of the studio. Everyone on my Instagram is like, you didn't come with that same energy. Like, mad you didn't go on. I'm like, do you know my boss? Like, do you know what might have happened if I walked into that room? Like, 
no thanks. Plus, the internet trolls are like the worst thing ever. Ooh, I can't yeah. read comments. People call me Ted Cruz. Like, it's terrible. People so, call you Ted Cruz. Another, I feel like that's just the diss. That's another of the story. Century. And it was true. <laughs> like, I was you like kind of fat <laughs> at one point, and they caught me looking at a bad angle and put oh, it side what? by side. They said it because, oh, no. It was not good on the brilliant idiots, of course, because the biggest trolls yeah, ever. Yeah, they just perpetuated fan the flames. Yeah. Yeah. All those YouTube people, I'm like, who are you? Uh, it's I have like to keep clever trolls, too. Yeah, and they're yeah, so clever. Yeah. Like, well, how'd you get Ted Cruz? But like, I kind of look like him there, so it was so. I look like him. I'll there. take a picture. It's so bad. Like, I, I hate oh, to even man. admit it, but yeah. So I walked up to him after I was like, "Listen, can't listen to anything this man says." I'm Paige. I'm sorry he did that. Whatever. And he's like, "Yeah, afterwards? I know." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I know he's a troll." Like, whatever. I don't know how you deal with it. And it was all fine, but. Yeah, of course, my day, you know, every day is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all my story. days are different. That's just, you know, but I will show you the picture of Ted Cruz. I really did. I was like, a, <laughs> not bad at all, but I was like a little just like, I didn't work out. I like Everybody's didn't, got those rough angles. I didn't really those rough eat well. Yeah, I have an at risk yeah. chin. Yeah. Yeah. At <laughs> risk. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever seen it sounds like a kid in the ghetto or something. Yeah. I got an at risk chin. <laughs> have you ever seen it? <laughs> like, hold I up. have one, and when hold I explain up. it, don't you'll totally get it. Don't desensitize us to that. <laughs> at risk is very serious. <laughs> no, it's super at risk. Like, if I, if I get caught at the wrong angle or I'm looking down too far, like, have you ever seen one of those dinosaurs that has those necks that, like, when they get like bothered yeah. like that's what my neck turns <laughs> oh, into no when there's way, a lot of lines and like I look uh, I look like I have like they call it online a Popeye's chin is what Popeye's they keep chin. saying about me yeah but no I really did look like Ted Cruz one day and shout outs to the person who called me Ted Cruz and put that photo side by side and I was like alright now I need to work out all the time so thanks <laughs> plus Charlamagne's like big on fat shaming he thinks it like makes people better and makes people better you know just makes them more self aware or whatever he's not a fat shamer but like Right, right. He definitely it makes them more. I, I might have like deleted it from existence. It was, <laughs> it's it's like, just, yeah. All you need to know is that accurate. like they caught me at an angle where like I was like doing one of these with my chin down and like laughing or something, and they put it side by side with a photo of Ted Cruz and his like triple chin, and it really looked like me. And I was damn. like, damn, <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> it was really bad. That's crazy. But, you know. I think the funnier thing is that I've seen multiple people be compared to Ted Cruz like in the last year. Like, yo, they look like Ted Poor Cruz. Ted Cruz. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like that. Yo, he's a guy. He's a person. He's not just a character. It's I'm like, gonna Dad. need you to finish your last wine right now. All right. Yeah. I got it. So I can. Oh, there we go. Power move. And now you can ask someone else a question. I can ask someone else a question? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it doesn't have to be me. I'm just saying you can ask a question out. You're given permission. Oh, because I hit my wine quota? Yeah. yeah, yeah that's I, was, I was being a little too uh, things calculated. Might a, things, <laughs> might, things might get a little interesting. A little too <laughs> calculated. Kidding. So what'd you do Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> like, so what are you doing this Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, so what, uh, <laughs> what's the craziest thing you ever done? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a question. Nah, 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 nah. So I think just to like go full circle, I mean, we definitely covered a lot of really cool grounds. Um, I think you have an, like you are right in the middle of a really awesome learning experience opportunity. You're growing a lot. You're pushing yourself. These are all like qualities that are leading to uber successful life, which is great to see firsthand. With that said, I mean, there's a lot of other people that haven't necessarily found that role, found mm-hmm. the opportunity that makes them feel like they're growing, that, that really good stepping stone, even if they don't have a clear picture of the, the end goal, mm-hmm. um, just to feel like you're making steps in the right direction. For people that are looking to get into kind of the music worlds, whether it's in media, management, labels, the, the whole gamut, um, what kind of advice do you have for them? 
Um, I also hate this question because I like my story. So like happenstance, like well, I every story is going to be like right. that. But then, you know yeah, there's mean? definitely like trends and, stuff and virtues. It, yeah, you know? for sure. Um, I fell into what I do, and I'm super grateful that I love it, and it's rewarding to me. It might not mm-hmm. be for everybody, but I would say people looking or like who felt like I did at least without like a path or not sure how to even jump in or where to start is like. Work as a PA, like at a, at MTV or like MTV or Viacom are always hiring on their website for like production assistants. Like, yeah, you're gonna be getting coffee and snacks and stuff, but but be around the things that you think you love or in, are interested in, and they can either you know prove you totally wrong or really justify any feelings that you might have. Read things that don't pertain to you. Like, mm-hmm. read about every industry. You know, don't right. just. I think people have an idea of what they think everything's going to be like. And when they get there, they're like, oh, this isn't, you know, what it's like at all. Just, I would say, immerse yourself in as many things as possible, as many experiences as you can. Listen in every, you know, listen with an intent to understand, not to reply. Like, be as an intentional with your time and your mind while it's young as you can. That sounds like terrible, but like, I get to a point where I'm like, oh my God, I'm done with school. Like, I'm not learning anymore. Like, it's weird when you have to start curate your own, like, learning experience. Right. Which is hard for, I feel like, a lot of people, especially coming out of college and are, like, ready to bust indoors but just aren't really sure. Um, You know, and you never know. Shoot your shot. Reach out. I get people in my email all the time asking me. I mean, this isn't to say email me and ask me for an internship. I can't always (laughs) deliver. But, you know, like… You never know. Shoot your shoot your shot. Be sure. DJ Khaled annoying if you have to, mm-hmm. but like do it in a professional way, in a respectful yeah, yeah. way, and it's never gonna go come across as like over eager. If anything, that's what people want in right. the workforce. Like, just expose yourself to as many aspects of what you think it is that you want to do as possible. Whether it be getting coffee for somebody or just sitting in and shadowing someone or you know, reading up on it or if you want to interview people, go on YouTube, start your own interview channel, like mm-hmm. read, like read up on it. Like, you know, just listen to the greats and like and embody everything that you would want for yourself as like a successful person as if you're already there, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you hold yourself to that standard. And I just, I feel like that's how you kind of gauge more so what you want and also open doors for yourself. Mm-hmm. Facts. Thanks. Well, Paige, dope. thank you so much That's for coming out. We really appreciate the time, guys. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is great. Cheers. This is Brown great. Down. Oh, wait, hold uh, up. Put some wine in my more. glass. Put some more. Woo! <laughs> that episode was crazy. <laughs> you can't laugh after you say it, though. No, we can have fun, man. We can laugh. People like the laugh. Yeah, yeah, but we weren't like that in the intro at all. We're keeping all of this. All right, let's keep What'd all What'd you think, it. Jordan? I thought that episode, I mean, I keep saying this. I thought that episode was great, man. That's what I keep saying. That's the line I keep saying. I thought that episode was productive for our listeners, and I thought it was fun for us. Um, Paige brought some wine. We got a little loose. We got to talk about our personal lives a little bit, our work-life balance. Um, but you know, more importantly, we got to talk about her relationship with Charlemagne outside of work, which I think is I think is super interesting for our listeners. I know it was super interesting for me just hearing that kind of behind the scenes relationship that they have and how that feeds into the chemistry that they all have as uh as people that work for the breakfast club yeah for sure no and i really loved hearing her story is to actually you just go about creating your own opportunity uh i mean the story she told about how she got her job with charlemagne sneaking backstage finding i mean that's just true hustle like um you can really i love this idea of like creating serendipity it's like the people that are often in the right place at the right time are in a lot of places a lot of times you really just gotta like take a lot of swings um 
So super grateful to have had Paige on the show. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, really appreciating all the support of the podcast so far. Uh, if you want to check us out on Instagram at music business podcast, uh, we're starting to cut up some awesome clips coming out of these individual episodes. So check those out. Hit us up with any feedback, any questions, any topics you'd like us to cover and drop uh, us some reviews, you know, drop us some reviews on iTunes. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what you guys think and get some more boost organically on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, of course, but I didn't want to say that. I was trying to I mean, be, you I was trying to be straight you know, up. I guess you got to be straight if you guys up. Like Put the some podcast. five star reviews out there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put some five star <laughs> reviews out there. Awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate your guys support. Thank you so much. We out. <laughs>